Hey, 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 it's your girl, D with the Single Moms Hustle. How have everybody been? It's been a while, not too long. I was just here not too long ago talking about side hustles, but a lot's been going on in the last couple weeks, um, last couple days, so I just wanted to fill you guys in on some things and just get, you know, everybody's perspective and I'd like to thank everyone for the emails that are coming through. I am receiving emails from people, and I am receiving a lot of subscribers. A lot of people have favorited my podcast, and I truly, truly, truly appreciate the fans that have been listening. Um, going over 2K listeners, 2K subscribers is a pleasure, and I really appreciate it. But I come to y'all today because there's been some things going on. As far as, you know, in my personal life that I'm sure many of you guys are dealing with. Now, on the side of the podcast, I do several, several, several jobs. And I'm sure you guys have heard I'm a hustler, okay? But my full-time job, I do investigations. And I do a lot of social service, human service acts as well. So that's my full-time salary job. You know, um, everything else is side hustles and, you know, volunteering and just doing things from the heart. You know, even if I don't make a buck off of it, I'll do it because it will build me up. It will provide me opportunities. It would help the next brother or sister get up on their feet. Um, So my thing is always giving back. So if I can't make a dollar from it, I'm going to definitely give back. And that's why I do this podcast. I started with this podcast, not making a dime. Um, and it's a pleasure, you know. And the thing is, you can start making money after a while of doing podcasts. And I'm very appreciative to all the outlets who have um, come through and provided me with monetizing my podcast. So I appreciate that, you guys. Um, so everyone, you know, from... Spotify to Anchor to Apple, everyone. So I do appreciate the opportunity. Um, but I just wanted to talk about, um, you know, it was something I heard on the Breakfast Club, and it was basically working with people you can't stand. So pretty much, has anyone ever worked with somebody you just can't stand? <laughs> Um, well, I'm currently going through that, and it didn't start off like that. Um, of course, she was the one that hired me, so I appreciate that that much, but lately, there's been a change. There's been a change of her leadership, her supervision. Um, she started talking like she was somebody's mother, you know? And a few times I let things slide, like, no, you need to eat, you know, things like that. So I kind of let it slide. And I'm like, you know, I play around like, okay, mother, you know, like, you know, in other ways, like, who are you talking to? You know, um, if I'm not eating or if I'm fasting or I'm just going through something and I don't want to eat, I'm at a meeting and she will try to force you to eat. Um, so, you know, that's, we work very independently. And so we don't see each other very often, once in a blue moon. So, you know, I just wanted to come on this podcast and just talk about, you know, 
the rules that I have come up with for working with people you can't stand. This is actual factual, (laughs) okay? And these are things that I feel like, you know, despite of what our mothers may have told us, not everyone is going to like us, you know? Despite of the things that I've told my kids, not everyone is going to like us. And it also goes to reason that we are not going to like everyone that we come in contact with. It's just not going to happen. We're not going to like everyone. Um, And when I meet someone, I normally hit it spot on with them. No issues. Um, Become, you know, associates very quickly. Find our interests. uh, Everything. But, you know, while we all know that you can't choose the people in your life, or, or here's another example you can't choose your family the same can also be said regarding your co-workers you can't always choose your co-workers unless you're the owner of your company I do have my own business and that's why it's so hard right now because I'm doing it by myself because it's so difficult very difficult to sit here and choose people that you can get along with or work with and when I expand my business, I would like to hand it down to my children, you know, um, so that, and I would like to keep it family based, but it's really hard to find people that you can actually trust. Um, and so the only difference in your family and coworkers is being that while you can limit your interactions with your family, like you can limit going to holiday parties you can limit going to special occasions um you can put it down to maybe just seeing them once a year at family gatherings it's not always easy to do the same thing when it comes to working with someone at your job um when there's meetings you have to go to meetings if you're in the office environment I get the pleasure of working from home sometimes so when I don't want to deal with that environment I can work from home or I can work at another facility Um, Everyone don't have that opportunity to do those things. But the question is that I'm trying to get at with this episode today is how do you work with someone that um, like scratching your nails across a chalkboard that they just rub you the wrong way? Um, You know, how do you deal with them? And, you know, I just want to get at five rules. Some I, I want to put out there to help others, but I per se can't do all five. But it's things that I would like to, you know, that I sit down and I write them down and say, this is where I would want to be. If I was leadership This is what I would want my staff to do. I have been leadership before. I have been a supervisor and I have been a director of an agency before. So I know how it is to supervise. And I know how it is to deal with hard people that don't want to work or lazy people that don't want to work. But when I tell you, my staff can never, ever, ever tell you anything about me that they did not like me or that I gave them a hard time when it came to supervising them they could never 
ever tell you anything like that. But from my experience recently, it's been hard to not talk to people because it's such a large company that um, you have people on different levels. And when you come in, you build a relationship with certain people that, that's been there longer than you. So you have to go to other people. And although one of the rules are said, never involve others in your misery, sometimes you have to. Um, it's human nature to seek confirmation from other people. So sometimes you have to go to another person just to seek confirmation because you're not sure that you will be doing the right thing. Or you need to find out, who do I talk to, you know, if your human resources staff is all these different departments and different locations? Who is the best person to handle the situation? But um, that goes on to say this means that you will likely employ a number of social tactics including rallying other people to deal with you um or rallying with other people to not like the person um and after all your reason if anyone feels the way you do you might be right so sometimes it's good to confide in people you don't want to you want to try to avoid that to avoid all the gossip and all that but Sometimes that is a way to confirm that it's not you. And sometimes it's a way to actually find out if this person has been doing this to other people. And in my situation, I found out she does it to other people. Um, She's new. You know, she got there probably two months before I did. So she's new. Um, And people have actually said she doesn't know much. She doesn't know a lot. She does not fault herself. She does not see her wrongs, you know. And I like to say, um, perfect example, the other day, um, she and I had a disagreement. And it was a very, very lengthy disagreement. And it was over a case. Um, I pretty much, uh, if anybody is familiar with it, but many are not but I unsubstantiated the case because I didn't have a lot of information we could not obtain a lot of information because the staff were not there so when the state got involved state pretty much reviewed it she told me from the door before she even submitted it to the state this cannot be unsubstantiated this has to be substantiated the person is not there anymore HR terminated her this cannot be um, unsubstantiated. I try to explain to her. We don't have enough information to go through with this case. My investigation is this. My findings is this. She wanted to argue me down. You should have never sent this to me if it wasn't complete. Okay. Let her get everything out she wanted to get out. Long story short, on Friday, I get a message from her. Mind you, she wanted to um, she wanted to substantiate it. I unsubstantiated. I get a message from her saying, "Oh, the state sent this back. They want to unsubstantiate it. It's not enough information." Bitch, that's exactly what I was saying this whole time. You want to argue with me? 
but I reply back in the email. I agree 100% with the state. Thank you. Those are my exact words in that email. I felt like I won everybody. Clap hands. All right. So I felt like I won. So I left it alone and I haven't said anything after that. So I do confide in a couple of people and I don't I don't care. But people be careful doing that. You know, be careful doing that because the problem with this is that you cannot control how others will respond or how others will react about another person. You just can't you can't control it at all. Um if I was somewhere else, I probably, and I knew that this job would be forever, I probably wouldn't say anything. Um, and long story short, the company has been sold. Um, and she's losing her job, too. <laughs> so everyone will be losing their job. I have, thank goodness, I have something to fall back on. I'm going to fall back on my business if something else comes through. Um, but... Who cares what she got going on? Sorry. <laughs> sorry, not sorry. But going back to that, at the end, you might even end up being the one person that people look at as being the troublemaker. And at least in their eyes, become the very person um, whom you are complaining about. Because it can be, it can turn around and be a self-problem. Um, so besides, and generally speaking... Um, the vast majority of people do not want to get involved. Some people don't want to get involved. Some people do. Or some people will give you pointers of advice of what the next step will be. In my case, I got pointers and I got information about how to take it to the next step. So I'm grateful in that situation. But I don't want everyone to go and take those steps. Um, so if you want to vent, do so. Do so with your family. Do so do, do so with your friends or someone who used to work for the company or something like that. I don't know, but try to avoid it. Um, don't do what I do. I, I talk to everybody. I don't care. <laughs> but um, that was the first rule. But my second rule is that we all have been jerks one time or another in our life. So without the need to consult a series of extensive studies it's safe to say that everyone at one time or another has aggravated someone we all have our situations where we've aggravated someone i'm sure i aggravate my kids every day i'm sure i aggravate my mother but that's just me and if you recognize this you open the door to both empathy and compassion and me i feel like um I wouldn't be me if I didn't have at least someone to aggravate. And I think that it's in all of us. And it's just, it doesn't mean that you should willingly or blindly accept, you know, unacceptable behavior whatsoever. You should not accept it. What it means is that you will encounter it with less anger. Um, and as a result, this may actually open the door to opportunity for meaningful dialogue as the other person may not even recognize that they are having such a negative impact but I tried this and it did not work in my situation it done it did not I tried to open up the door for dialogue to let her know you know um you don't let me talk you need to let me talk you know but it was just like 
even with the state saying that she was wrong, she still didn't admit that she was wrong. So the key here is that if a discussion does not take place, an empathetic frame of mind will enable you to have a constructive conversation with someone. As opposed to, you know, um, a combative exchange with the person in which there's no winners. But in my case, I end up being the winner. Whether she wants to see it or not, I end up being the winner. So, that's my vain attitude. <laughs> but rule number three, you know, in some cases, get to know the person. Like, I wish she would have got to know me a little more. Because um, one, she constantly said I'm I'm 50 years old see the other staff there they're in their 20s late 20s um probably early 30s I'm pretty much the oldest besides her she has no idea that I'm 40 so um I think she thinks that I'm in that 20 range too so her constantly saying I'm 50 I'm 50 I'm 50 I mean, you don't know much about me. You don't know much about my experience and what I've gone through in the past 40 years. You don't know what I've experienced as a professional within the last 20 years. My growth in the last 20 years. How many opportunities I've had and how many things I've done in my lifetime. I've done more in my life as far as professionally than a lot of people. I worked at every level. Government state, um, local, nonprofit. I've worked at every level. This person, she thinks she knows everything about the state, but she's never worked for the state before. So, and I've done my research. She doesn't know me very well. Um, so if you get to know someone, really know someone, you may actually get to like them. So if she would have got to know me, she probably would have liked me a little more, but I don't want any associates like that. I don't make friends with anyone at a job. So even if you do not end up liking a person who has been the source of your workplace headache, you might as least better understand them. You need to understand them in order to work with them. Maybe even find areas of common ground around which you can build a, a rapport. Like, I've tried to connect with her. Like, okay see this lady but you know it's no talking to her you know so as long as it is isn't a shared dislike of another co-worker it probably will work but in my case it's not it's just not going to work with this lady she over talks you and she doesn't let you talk um so moving forward lead into rule number four ignore the ringing in your ears you know because if one through three doesn't help you <laughs> and let me recap that. If going back to never involving yourself with others in misery, in misery, knowing that we've all been jerks at one time, and getting to know the person, if none of that helps you or diffuse your aggravation or at least lessen your dislike toward that co worker, then. You have to find ways to learn how to contain your feelings without suppressing them. Like, I just find myself to um, stay professional, take a step back, breathe, 
gotta look at the bigger picture. Think of my kids. In essence, you don't get stuck in the moment or fall prey to tunnel vision, which is easy to do when you are very angry. Instead, instead, just look beyond the individual. Focus your energies on your work. Focus your energies on your family and on the positive people with whom you do come in contact with. So what I try to do is say, you know, there's always an energy that comes by my office when I'm in the office. And it's either this one girl, um, she's in HR. Um, there's a couple of people that are in HR that I like. The receptionist, the trainer, like there's a lot of good energy that flows past and come talk to me in my office. Site managers, program directors, um, so much good energy that come past. And I overlook that because I say, I like coming into this office. I like the people in this office when I do come. This one person is not going to drive me crazy. It's not going to make me dislike this company. But... I also look at homegirl not about to have a job soon. So <laughs> so that's on her, okay? So it's like when your ears begin to ring, the more you think about it, the louder and more noticeable the ringing gets. So if you keep that ring in your ear and that aggravation for her, it's going to get worse and worse and worse. So... So the same thing when you don't like somebody, when you're trying to deal with someone you don't like, you got to learn how to step away. Um, And when you're so involved with all of that and stuff that's going around you, you don't make the person the center of attention. Do not make her the center of attention. Do not make him the center of attention. You eventually begin to notice them less and less and less. And that's how I do. I pretty much, you know company is going out of business and there's 400 cases you still trying to get me to kill myself these last couple weeks it's not gonna happen okay and number five leave or accept it okay we gotta stop complaining i had to stop complaining about it because i put in a grievance and yes i did i submitted a grievance on tuesday now, I want y'all to hear me loud and clear. I submitted a grievance on the, host- the hostile work environment and the harassment that is going on in my workplace with- between me and my supervisor. I submitted that grievance on Tuesday. On Wednesday, I found out this company is done. Okay? So, to complain is always non-acceptance of what is. Um, and it's invariable to continue to carry an unconscious negative charge so when you complain you make yourself into the victim not trying to be nobody's victim when you speak out you are in your power so change the situation by taking action or speaking out of or speaking out if necessary or possible leave the situation or accept it all else is madness that's a quote from Eckhart Tolle and I want to repeat that to complain is always non-acceptance of what is. It invariably carries on. Carries, I'm sorry. It invariably carries an unconscious negative charge. 
When you complain, you make yourself into a victim. When you speak out, you are in power. So change the situation by taking action or speaking out if necessary. Or possible, lead a situation or accept it. All else is madness. That's Eckhart Tolle. Okay? So when you continue to complain without taking meaningful action, you will eventually find yourself in a pit. Um, and it will be something you can't get out of. And there are a course of variety of sayings upon which I could call to illustrate my point. Fish, cut bait, go ashore, lead or follow, or just step out the way. Right off the top of your head, you probably have a few of yourself. And I bet y'all could think of some things that I haven't even named. I'm sure. I'm sure. The point being that you ultimately have to do something more than wallow into your anger towards someone else. It would not be Didi if... Well, let me take that back. Because back in the day, if she would have caught me, back in the day when I just did not care, I probably would have stepped in that office and put some palms on her. Not palms, put some paws on her. <laughs> I said palms. But paws on her. But I'm older, I'm a professional, I'm a mother, and she wasn't going to get that out of me. And I, she probably was trying to test me, but she wasn't going to get that out of me. So, again, the point being that you ultimately have to do something more than wild on to your anger. And see, that was my thing. What I did was I stepped up. I did not complain. I spoke out. I wrote that grievance. I spoke out about my investigation that Friday. I stood up to her. I I stood up and supported my findings on my investigation, and I stuck with it. She requested that the changes be made. I made the changes for her, but I saved my report. I saved the emails, and I spoke out. And I said, you know what? When she followed up and said that the state wanted it the way I originally put it, I replied back, I am in total agreement with the state. Thank you. I took action because I won. I ended up winning. Okay? (laughs) So, last but not least, this means you either live or you learn. You learn or you live. And you learn to live or work with the other person or you have to move on last but not least I'm moving on eventually she has to move on everybody in the company has to move on there is in the end no middle ground for you at this stage so we gotta do what's best for us know we gotta do what's best for us we can't stick around and be unhappy you really can't and it's not healthy to be unhappy so in the reality of it is like I talk to my kids all the time we're gonna have to work with people that we don't like worse than that sometimes we end up working with people that we absolutely hate and wish more than anything that we could just what they do on these superhero movies just vaporize them 
um, although making people disappear is not a good thing and it's not a great coaching approach, there are ways of dealing with the issue. And it can definitely, definitely help the problem. Definitely. Okay? So, thanks for listening to my episode today. And I hope, I hope that it can help someone. If you're going into work today, tomorrow, this week, and you just really don't like your supervisor or someone that you're there working with, I really, really hope you had the opportunity to listen to this episode of The Single Mom's Hustle. And hopefully... It can change your day and at least at least get you through your day because you need those coins and you have to provide for your family. So rise above the bad workplace behavior. Okay, just refrain from the perspective and what I say, add a drop of honey to your day. All right. (laughs) Okay. thanks, you guys. Thanks for listening to the Single Mind Hustle, and I'll catch you guys on the next episode. Peace.